Cool. Did we have some some more pickup other than one viewing? Yeah, we had about I think uh, eleven at the most uh, is wow. what I saw. Okay. So there's five on right now, but yeah, there was about eleven people at one point. Cool. Okay. Well, good. Uh, that makes me feel a little bit better that I just didn't have <laughs> one one measly little fan. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. And it is fantasy football season. Have you added us to your starting lineup yet? Go ahead, hit that subscribe button and basically just listen to every new episode as we come out every Thursday. Now, this past week, we had a great experience at Maker's Mark doing our private 46 blend. We ended up choosing a pretty unique combination. We hit every single stave. Uh, thanks to all the Patreon supporters that came out and helped us. And thank you once again to Keg and Bottle out of the SoCal San Diego area for giving us the opportunity to be able to do this. So if you want access to be able to come on Barrel Picks, as well as a chance to be able to buy this bottle that we have named, I didn't get that email because a long story short, Ryan said that twice while we were actually there saying he didn't get the email one. He certainly did. But make sure you go and sign up at patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit and also go check out keg and bottle keg the letter n bottle.com and you can get over 700 plus different spirits shipped right to your door now if you're still worried about well i don't know if there's anything left for me in the year well we still have signups available to come on our knob creek bourbon and rye selections are going to be happening next month and we've already drawn our selections for our next two barrel picks and who knows you could be next and also a special shout out to our followers that are listening in the, or should I say Patreon supporters in the Washington DC and Virginia area, because they are gonna be choosing the barrel for us because they can just head on over to Joseph A. Magnus and, and do it. So looking forward to some barrel proof MGP, gonna be hitting our, uh, our Patreon pages soon. So last week we also drew our winners for our Facebook drawing to be able to give away tickets to Bourbon and Beyond. So congrats to Cindy Terry who won the GA ticket pair and Robert Magnus who won the Mint VIP package. So congratulations you two, can't wait to see you all in Louisville Champions Park September 22nd and 23rd for Bourbon and Beyond. Now this podcast is gonna be one out there for the Wild Turkey fans because we have got the super fan known as David Jennings, also AKA Rarebird 101, AKA, I don't know, I can't really go on from there, but this is the man that is obsessed with wild turkey. So anybody that wants to know the ins and outs of why barrels were better back then or what Jimmy was doing versus what Eddie's doing versus uh, what does he think is the best bang for your buck when it comes to turkey these days, this is gonna be the podcast for you. So shout out to david make sure you go and you check out his website rarebird101.com he also has another patreon support as well so you can go check out rarebird101 on patreon because he's got a lot of other cool things that he's offering there so make sure you go and you support him as well because this is all bourbon we need support to be able to go through all this and if you like the show make sure you check us out on all three of the majors for social media facebook twitter and instagram we're always posting stuff and Instagram is just blowing up. We just crossed over 11,000 followers. I think we're going to get 40,000 at some point. That's that's the next goal, and we're going to get there. So make sure you go and you subscribe or follow us on Instagram because you can see what we're drinking any of the night of the week. And so with that, I would say here's Above the Char with Fred Minnick. However, we have to give a special shout out to Fred because this week he had his new baby boy 
enter the world. So congratulations to Fred as he takes a little bit of time off to go and spend time with his family. And this is my attempt at Above the Char. The birth of Fred's new boy reminded me of a question I always get being the host of this show. As the bourbon train keeps chugging along, people become mesmerized and perplexed with bourbon. And at some point, they usually ask, when is this whole thing going to go south? Well, here's a newsflash for you. Not anytime soon as far as I can see. But how does this relate to childbirth, you say? We'll get to that. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably consider yourself educated because you spend your day listening to a few geeks talk about bourbon. But you're also that person in the family everyone points to when there's a bourbon question. Hell, you've probably even led a family bourbon tasting at some point. But this education serves a purpose. You're helping drive adoption and continue the rise. A new bourbon drinker is born with every new family member you lead along the way or when you give your opinion on one of the many Facebook forums. In addition, bourbon headlines are filled every week with distilleries investing for expansion. Heaven Hill and Wild Turkey are building monster rick houses that hold upwards of 50,000 barrels, while Sazerac is investing $1.2 billion in its facilities over the next 10 years. The craft market alone is at an annual growth rate of 40%, with over 1,300 distilleries currently operating and more being added by the day. In 2016, this was a $6.3 billion business, and now 2025 projections put it somewhere around $80 billion. To my untrained eye, it looks like a new barrel is born every minute, but in this case, it might be every second. And then there's the Pappy Index. Well, at least that's what I call it. The return on value for some higher-end bottles is continually growing. According to Bottle Blue Book, in 2014, an old Rip Van Winkle's secondary value was near $250. Now, just a mere four years later, it's almost doubled, hitting a $450 value. Bourbon stock is on the rise, and lots of people are cashing in on their early bets. But for those late to the game, they're doing what they can to get their hands on a bottle, because with money like this, a flipper is born every minute. And at the same time, so is a sucker with more dollars and cents. But then you say, isn't there a bourbon shortage? No, we'll save that question for another segment. Until next time, this is Kenny filling in for Fred Minnick on Above the Char. If you have a suggestion for an Above the Char segment, send an email, team at bourbonpursuit.com. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink 
barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. Kenny here today, and we are talking about a subject that is a, a pretty common thing that we see in everybody's bourbon collection. You know, we've had the master distillers of this distillery on quite a few times. Uh, we've heard their story. We've heard them talk about the Christmas rye or cheesy gold foil. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about wild turkey. Uh, it's one of everybody's favorites. We had a, an episode a long time ago where we did a barrel pick of Russell's Reserve while we were walking inside of all the rick houses and you know, got to hear Eddie or sorry, Jimmy drop a, a bunch of good knowledge on us. And today we're going to hear, I think the best way to categorize our guest today is probably a super fan of wild turkey is, is probably the, the best way to put it. And so that's a good segue into introducing our guests and kind of kicking this off. So today we have Dave Jennings. Dave is a blogger at rarebird101.com. He's also very famous for all of his wild turkey photos that you're going to see on Instagram. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, nice to be here. Good deal. So, you know, before we get started talking about wild turkey and sort of what got you into it, talk about your, your bourbon journey. Is there something that really kind of got you hooked into bourbon in itself? Yeah, uh, it goes back to uh, my college days, uh, which was like mid nineties. And uh, I always appreciated a gym and Coke. That was, that was kind of my drink of choice. Sometimes it'd be uh, Jack and Coke or Crown and Coke or something like that. And that, uh, that continued for a while. Uh, and then sometime around 2013 or so, I was at my brother-in-law's house and he had a, uh, a special edition uh, Crown Royal. I think it was the XR or something. And he asked me if I wanted to pour and I said, you know, sure. And I was expecting it in a Coke or something. And it was just over ice. And I and I tried it and I was like, wow, this is this is really nice, you know. Um, and that kind of got me started into, well, maybe I should start looking at branching out and just, you know, trying whiskeys, you know, without a, being a mixer. And I, I would go to the liquor store and I would maybe pick up pints of whatever. It didn't matter, scotch or, you know, uh, blended whiskey, whatever. And I just started burning through them. Uh, and uh, somewhere along the line, uh, between 2013, 2015 or so, I really zeroed in on on bourbon. Uh, and uh, I kept coming back to wild turkey because a lot of times I'd go pick up a nice bottle. Uh, I don't know, like something, you know, mid price, like Willet Pot still or something. And I would always ask for a, a pint of a wild turkey 101. 
uh, because it was just a nice daily sipper, and I just keep going back to it. And uh, I thought you were about to say you you chased your will of pot still with Wild Turkey One Hundred One or something. <laughs> like that. I mean, I went through I went through everything. I, I would anything I could find. I was on Sour Mash Manifesto all the time. Uh, red, white, and bourbon. Some of these older blogs that just were great, you know. And I would binge read them. And I mean, I would I would pick out what I was going to get that week, you know. I'd get, you know I'd get paid, and I'd go uh, to the local, and I'd you know try something new. And uh, I mean, I went through a ton, but I kept going back to Wild Turkey. Um, and uh, one day I was online uh, on our bourbon, you know, talking about how much I enjoyed you know Wild Turkey One One so much. And uh, someone said, "Hey, have you ever had Dusty, you know, Wild Turkey?" And I was like, no. And uh, <laughs> he sent me a couple samples. It was an 81, 101, eight year and uh, a 92 cheesy gold full. And uh, I mean, when I finally got that 81 in, I, I took my first you know, nose and sip and I was just, I was mesmerized. I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is just some killer juice here. And uh, I started off just going through, burning through the wild turkey catalog. Um, trying to find something comparable, you know, to, to that Dusty, which, as you know, is not realistic. But uh, and before you know it, like all the other bourbons I was chasing just started fading away. And I just kept zeroing in on Wild Turkey. And that's where I'm at today. I mean, I still I still appreciate other pours and I'll buy, uh, you know, like Knob Creek single barrels and this type of thing. But I always go back to wild turkey. It's just it's just my thing, and it's what I enjoy. I, I love the profiles, and uh, so that's kind of a general how I got to where I'm at now. The blog came about. Uh, I, I had just been writing a lot of reviews for Arb Urban, and I thought, well, maybe I need to put these somewhere, uh, you know, outside of that subreddit, where they and, don't get uh, buried in yeah, a yeah. day. Yeah, and I never really intended it to be anything big. It was private for a while. I mean, I had it private for a good four or five months, I think, I, where no one could view it, you know. And I finally just flipped the switch and turned it on and just started mentioning it in some of the reviews I'd publish. And uh, next thing you know, uh, you know, I had uh, Aaron Goldfarb, who's a writer for Esquire, uh, Whiskey Advocate, uh, Punch Drink. He reached out to me. He was doing an article on uh, Wild Turkey Funk, and he had a lot of questions for me. And uh, that just led to some more connections and some more exposure with that punch drink article. And uh, it just kind of went from there. Um, and uh, but it's something I enjoy doing. I enjoy writing and I enjoy bourbon. So it it's it's perfect, you know. So I guess what still keeps you interested in Wild Turkey, right? I, I mean, at this point, is it is it new releases or is it? I mean, because it sounds like you've gone through a lot of the catalog. Yeah. But what what kind of still keeps you interested in and in still being a, a super fan of Wild Turkey? Well, there's a lot. That's a big question. Um, I mean, to start with, it, it really the profiles are, are a big deal for me. Um, I enjoy. Uh, it, it's like Wild Turkey has this one bourbon recipe and the one rye recipe. But this one recipe produces so many different profiles. It's amazing. Uh, you can go buy, you know, three different Russell's Reserve single barrels and end up with, with three completely different, to me at least, three completely different bourbons. You know, unlike something like Four Roses, which I love Four Roses, but, you know, they have 10 recipes. And, and Wild Turkey has a, a great uh, high quality variance with that single recipe. And so I chase these profiles. I, I, I try to find you know, the most unique single barrels. Um, as far as the, uh, you know, the standard line, 101, you know, is, is, is just a everyday nice quality pour. The 101 rye is, is my favorite 
Kentucky ride is price point. Um, but uh, aside from the profiles, uh, I think that there's just a genuine, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something very genuine about wild turkey um, it, that you just don't find in a lot of the other distilleries. Um, it has a very uh, family vibe. I know it's owned, you know, by Campari, uh, but uh, it has a, a real nice family vibe. Um, I like that it's kind of the underdog. Uh, you know, you have wild turkey traditionally has been looked at as kind of the roughnecks, you know, the rock star, the old man's whiskey. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, when I was uh, in college, I was in Carolina band and uh, the uh, musical director uh, always had a bottle of wild turkey eight year, you know, behind him. And it was the big joke. You know, we'd laugh about how oh, he drinks wild turkey and we're going back and, you know, chugging cheap beer, you know, and uh, he, you know, the whole time he, he knew that there was quality there. And I think a lot of people have, have missed that due to this, this, this reputation. And, and I think that, you know, the brands coming around, I think that they're doing some things to change that. There's a lot more presence uh, in print media and these types of things, the television commercials and uh, McConaughey's changing that a little bit. But um, there's just a uh, there's a genuine quality to it that I don't find in a lot of the other distilleries. And so I think when you take that and that family vibe and the uh, profiles that I enjoy so much, it's really hard to, for me to branch out. I mean, I, I do try other things. I really do. But uh, there's just something there that that pulls me and I, and I enjoy it. And so I guess one thing that I forgot to mention. So you're from South Carolina, too, right? That's right. right. So are you are you a Gamecock? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really big into sports. I mean, I'll admit I'm not a big sports guy. But yeah, I, 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 I'll pull for the Gamecocks any day. Well, yes. I was about to say, do you think there's some sort of like some connection in the back of your mind you haven't figured out yet that since you're a Gamecock <laughs> and then Wild Turkey, they, you know, yeah. they're in the same family. Maybe that's maybe that's what brought you together. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You know, it's, it's something there is something maybe Southern to it. You know, they say that, that the story goes that Wild Turkey, you know, was a was based on a hunting trip, you know, to uh, uh, South Carolina. Some say North Carolina, but most sources say South Carolina. And so there is a, there is an origin story here, too. Um but uh, like I said, it, the profiles are the main thing. I, if I didn't like the way it tasted, I wouldn't drink it, you know, and I wouldn't write about it. Um, it's hard for me to uh, to write about uh, something that I don't feel passionate about. And, and I feel passionate about wild turkey. Is every expression phenomenal? No. Uh, you know, there's hits and misses. But for the most, I, I can appreciate, uh, you know, everything they release to some degree. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some of those here in different okay. expressions in a minute. You know, I kind of want to just get an idea that if people have never been to your blog before, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, you had mentioned you were, you were writing some things on our bourbon, which is mm -hmm. a, a subreddit for anybody that's still trying to navigate the world of technology and, and bourbon. Right. Uh, but if they just go to rarebird101.com, like what, what would they expect to see? Uh, you're mainly going to see reviews. I mean, uh, the majority of what I publish uh, on a weekly basis is a review of a particular expression. Uh, sometimes I'll do comparisons. Sometimes they're blind. And then every once in a while, I might write an article, uh, you know, related to, uh, I don't know, the best of last year. Or I had one that was, uh, if you're a whiskey newbie, you know, here's, here's, here's how to get into wild turkey. Here's how you should approach it. Um, but for the most, it's going to be reviews. There is some uh, information there. I have a timeline uh, going back to the uh, you know the 1830s um, that a lot of people have enjoyed. Um, there uh, is a page uh, how to decipher bottle codes. Uh, 
you know, it's the early, early bottles. You can just look for a stamp or you can look at tax strips and these types of things. But when you get to like the 90s forward, you know, if you want to date a bottle of wild turkey, you're going to need to know how to interpret the laser code. Um, and uh, that is not my own discovery. I, I'll admit that there was a Redditor, uh, Yuka Mori, who uh, spent a lot of time deciphering these, these codes. Um, and he did it through uh, Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit because Kentucky Spirit gives you the date it was bottled. So by comparing that to the laser code, you see where you go there. And uh, uh, but, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, do you mind if I publish kind of a, you know, a shortened version on my website? He was fine with that. Um, and I do link back to the to our bourbon uh, post where he originally did that. Um, but that's what they're going to really find on my website is mostly reviews and then some information that can guide you through dating your bottle or, or the timeline for the company, that type of thing. Now, when you're doing the history and, and you know, of finding bottle codes and stuff like that, I mean, is that something that you find is just super interesting in yourself that you want to continue to learn more about? Or was it a way to just kind of fill in some some gaps of more than just reviews? Like, what would you would you look at that as? Well, uh, it, it's like this. I noticed that when you start hitting uh, the 2000s, the label that was run for the 2000s before we got into the codes and this type of thing, uh, that there was a lot of inconsistency. I'll admit. I mean, if you if you try Wild Turkey 101 in that that 2000 range, you might have two bottles that can taste completely different. Yeah. I don't really know exactly why that is. I know that things started changing. Um, you know, the Cypress tanks have been changed out to steel tanks and, and entry proofs changed mid 2000s, although that didn't really affect things till the age. But, uh, you know, maybe Eddie was on the road a lot. I don't know. You know, uh, I know that there was bottling facilities in Indiana and then there was bottling, bottling done in Arkansas. So there was a lot of travel. And, and there's Jimmy's on record saying that uh, he did not like uh, the whiskey traveling such far distance that he felt like it it, uh, it maybe messed with it. I don't know. Um, so the, the, how, I, how I wanted to approach that was if I can date these bottles, maybe I can kind of figure out a pattern as to why there's some inconsistency there. Not that it's bad, but there is some inconsistency. And, and, and it did help with that. I mean, I can, you know, I can kind of draw out maybe how things change a little bit. I mean, you'll have a bottle every once in a while. You'll be like, wow, that's a little odd. Uh, but for the most, uh, it moves from what I would call a classic profile to more of the modern profile. Um, and now that we have the codes, you can, you, can, you can follow that trail. I can only imagine maybe your bourbon bunker looks like you've got different posters hanging up and you've got <laughs> pins with yarn and like you, you got all these like traces that you're trying to figure out and try to connect these dots together or something. Yeah, that's that's all in my head. Uh, yeah, I don't think my wife would put up with that. Uh, <laughs> I'd be committed if I had something like that. It's bad enough that I keep taking over new cabinets. You know, it's like you it's amazing, you know, how quickly a collection can grow. I mean, I've had to give I've probably given away. 30 to 50 bottles just in the last year just to make room, you know, for more because, you know, I can't, I can't have the whole house. Uh, some of these guys, you know, they have like a room and it's like the room is the bunker, you know, I can't do that. I have to, I have maybe a hundred bottles, 120 bottles or so. And, and I probably have uh, maybe 50 open right now. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, you, you would think I'd have something like that, but no, all that's in my head. It just gives you a reason to build an extension or buy a new house. That's all it is. 
<laughs> might start looking, might start looking. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to focus some more on some of those reviews that you've done because okay. I've seen you do things that are, you know, like some like really turkey unicorns that are there from like, you know, the tradition, the split labels, Christmas rye, right. all, all the way to just some standard Russell Reserve picks. So at this point, do you have any standout favorites that you've had over the, the course of, of trying all these different ones? Um, well, my sentimental favorite, I have a top 10 on my, on my blog, and anyone can look at that and kind of see what I feel like with my top 10. Um, my sentimental favorite is that 81-101-8 that was my first Dusty, and it's my number one on my top 10, and I can't take it down. I just Every time I want to move that, I'm like, God, it was just such a great experience. you know. And I think that's what it's about. I mean, a lot of people have their top 10s. And I'm, I'm not saying this is the best, you know, whiskey ever made. You know, I'm saying that was my my number one, you know, and that's my number one right now. Um, but some of my favorites are I love the uh, the two whiskey Jubilees I had uh, uh, from the Jewish whiskey, whiskey company. Um, just a barrel strength single barrel wild turkey is just amazing. And, and you've been to the distillery, so you've tasted straight from the barrel and, and you know what an experience that is. Um it's a shame that that has not been done since Donut, which is another one of my favorite expressions. Kentucky legend, people call it Donut. And, uh, you know, that that is just an amazing thing to have that single barrel barrel strength. Um, I love the uh, Cheesy Gold Falls always. Uh, 90 right now is my favorite. That's one I have open. I blind tasted it. I didn't even know I was tasting Cheesy Gold Falls. Somebody sent me some samples and said, these are wild turkey. Tell me what's your favorite. And uh, I thought I thought one of them was a export 12 year and the other might be a split label or something like that. But one of them, my favorite ended up being a 1990 cheese gold full. So I'm like, I got to get this because it was so great. Um, but uh, if I had to say one that I think is probably the best wild turkey expression, if I take away the sentimental stuff, um, there was a master distiller selection uh, that was released in 2006 in Japan. Uh, it's a 14 year uh, expression, uh, not like the tradition. I mean, it has some similarities to it. It is killer. And I, I probably shouldn't say this. I mean, it's probably, it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> you just screwed yourself out of a thousand dollars trying to get the goodness. bottles again. Yeah, oh, well. Uh, no, but it's it, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just everything you could want in a whiskey. I mean, just period. I mean, I put it up against anything outside of the brand. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. Um, those are some of my favorites. Uh, as far as the, the, the stuff you can go find in the store, um, uh, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel is my favorite. Uh, and I love uh, going out and finding private selections and, and comparing them. And, and, and that's a, that's just a fun thing to do for me. Um, I always have 101 Rye. 101 Rye is just, uh, like I said earlier, it's my favorite of the uh, Kentucky Rye's in that price range. Um, and then uh, I really like the new Rare Breed a lot. The uh, 116.8 Rare Breed, the brand new one. Um, it's nice. I mean, it's become my new 101. I hate, I hate to say that, but I think that everyone should have 101 in their cabinet. But if they had to have some other wild turkey expressions, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel 101 Rye and Rare Breed 116.8, you need those. Those all, uh, to me, feel nice niches. Well, I think you. it's also just a, a steady degree of growing as a bourbon drinker. We've said it all the time on the show that you'll start with something you know you'll venture into it right you right know, wild turkey 101 was your way into it that's right and it's you know you're no longer mixing with ice and then now you're getting a barrel proof and you're not even even putting ice in barrel proof anymore. Nope. it's nope. just a, it's just a gradual progression of a, mm -hmm. of a that's right 
And so you had mentioned it a, a few times and it just kind of just throw it off the wall because, you know, you see people mention cheesy gold foil all the time mm-hmm. because they're, people are obsessed with it. That's right. what, what do you think it is about cheesy gold foil? Like, is it the label? Is it really that much better of a wild turkey expression? Like what, in your opinion, like what is it about it that's so attractive to a lot of people? Well, it, have you had it before? Have you ever tried it? I've actually got a sample in the basement and okay. I, I might have to try it later tonight now okay. because of talking about this. You will answer your own question when you taste it. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's, it's just an amazing profile. Um, you know, uh, it has a, uh, a very mature and complex quality to it. Uh, and it's a very easy sipper, but it, it maintains it, its, uh, power. So, uh, the best way I can describe it is, uh, it has everything you'd want in a dusty bourbon. It has everything that you would want in a bourbon over a hundred proof. It has everything you'd want in a bourbon that you would consider mature and complex I think that it's got juice older than 12 years in it. I, I really think so. And it's dark as can be. I mean, it, it, it's, it's notable. You'll, you'll, you'll see when you pour. Um, but there is just something about it. It has a very uh, strong herbal perfume type of uh, nose to it uh, that's unique to Cheesy Goldful. I, I say unique to Cheesy Goldful. You can find it in Beyond Duplication, which was the release prior to Cheesy Goldful, the 12-year release prior to that was Beyond Duplication. You can find it in that. And you can find it a little in the split label, too, depending on the year. But uh, there's just a nice complexity, maturity. Um, it's balanced. It's everything you would want in a, a bourbon whiskey. And it's hard to believe that thing set on shelves just sitting there all those years. And now, I mean, look at what it's priced at now. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to go and talk to Jimmy a few times and Eddie as well. And uh, Jimmy always, because we, we ask him, we're like, oh, like dusty wild turkeys, you know, it's, it's bar none. But Jimmy is pretty astute in the fact that he says, you know, nothing's changed. Nah, yeah. Other yeah. than, other than, you know, entry proof. Right. right. But I mean, it sounds like you think Dusty Wild Turkey is better than today's expressions, right? I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it's better. Um, uh, it's more unique. Uh, but uh, if you go and look at my reviews and you read the ratings and this type of thing, uh, just because it's Dusty doesn't mean it's better. It's just different. So there's profiles, uh, and I have a profile chart on my site. And I think that some some modern releases do just as well in their profile uh, as the dusty does and it's, um, and, uh, I've had some, you know, dusty wild Turkey eight years that I've been like, you know, eh, it's okay. Like I have a 94 101 eight year and it's good. I mean, it's great. Um, would I pay a lot for it? Probably not. I'd probably just rather have a nice Russell's reserve single barrel private select and I'm going to be just as happy if not happier. Um, so I think that what they're making now is not the same. And I'm not I, I'm not contradicting Jimmy here. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy and he's the man. Uh, but I think that there have been some changes. I mean, like you went from Cypress tanks to steel tanks. Uh, you know, you've got entry proof changes that happened twice. Um, you know, the recipe may not have changed, but facilities change. Bottling facilities change. A lot of people think that there's uh, something that happens when, Whiskey sits in a bottle for a long period of time. You know, uh, there's some type of magic, you know, uh, that occurs there. And I imagine there probably is chemically. I mean, there's some oxygen in there. It might be a little, but there's going to be some something happening. Um, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And some people, uh, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I only like dusty turkey or I only like the turkey bottles where the turkey's looking at you, which is a reference to the older, you know, label. 
And I, I just have to say, I had a, 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 a post I did one time where I was kind of talking about wild turkey myths. And I think that's a myth. There is plenty of excellent wild turkey out there. You just have to find it. Um, and starting with the single barrels uh, like Russell's Reserve is, is a way that I would recommend doing that. Yeah, it, it's always funny because we we talk and, you know, a lot of these bourbon, you know, enthusiasts like me mm-hmm. and you and everybody else will say like, oh, you know, we love Dusties. We love this stuff that used to cost like mm-hmm. $8.99 on the shelf. Right. You go and you talk to somebody in like their 60s or 70s. They're like, we wouldn't even drink that rock gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, today I posted a, set, a review of a 1973 101.8 year uh, that was gifted to me. And that was very nice. Uh, uh, the uh, it was an Instagram uh, user, Whiskey Grab. Uh, he's just a killer dusty collector, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, it was phenomenal. I mean, I, I it, it there was just something about it. it. You just can't replicate it. And I mentioned that in my blog post is that you know there's something in here that you're just not going to be able to find in modern bourbons. I don't, you know, and I don't know. I know what the pieces of the puzzle kind of are, but I can't really fit them together. You know, yeah, you can say entry proof, you can say cypress tanks, you can say old wood or select wood, or the water wasn't filtered to EPA standards and this type of stuff. Um, but I, I've never found someone that had the definitive, this is why dusty bourbon tastes. I do think that one reason why it tastes different, and, and this is something that Eddie has said, is that there's just older whiskey in it. I mean, they just, they, they had a profile they were shooting for, the minimum, you know, whiskey age is whatever's on the label. And there could be anything above that. So it might say eight years, but there may be some 15-year-old juice in there just to kind of make it taste better. Um, and I think that's what you're finding in a lot of these these older dusties. Um, and I think it could happen again, uh, maybe not exactly the same. But, uh, but, you know, I don't think that dusties necessarily are always better than a modern release. It just depends. But you know, uh, everyone's got different palates, you know, so no, totally. that's something to factor too. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like that's it's always a continual topic of conversation. Everybody's like waiting for that next person that can recreate that that dusty funk or whatever. Right. I don't think I don't think I think it's a dream that's never going to be able to be chased or somebody right. that's, oh, we want to try to recreate what you could find at Old Stitzel Well. Or like, you're just not going to be able to. And I think you brought up a lot of good points um, about, you know, having that that age on the label and saying, well, there could have been 15, 18 year old stuff. Easily, in there. And that just, yeah. that's, and that's probably what also attributed to those much darker um, releases too. Right. right. I mean, yeah. spend that much time in the Oak, it's going to, it's going to have a, a absolutely bigger effect on it rather than something that's just six or eight years old. Mm-hmm. But it, it, and it's not always uh, the case, but usually if it's darker, it tends to have a lot more tannins, a lot more flavor to it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think that and a lot of times when you pour these uh, dusty, even if they're eight years, you'll look at like a, for some reason, 91 and 92, 101, eight year is just amazingly dark. It's just and it almost tastes port finished, which some people don't really like. Um, I can appreciate it uh, on occasion. I used to like it a lot more than I do now. But uh, 91 and 92, for some reason, just it's just amazingly dark. I don't know. That's that's the eight year. That was the last two years of the well 92 it switched to uh the uh old number eight but uh, i think there are some bottles out there technically that are that are 92 with the old eight year at, at least the beginning of the year 
I guess another question is, you know, when I, when, when I hear you talking about, you know, the donut and I hear you talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, these older bottlings, like what was, what was that, that instinct or what made you drive, you know, other than your first taste of the dusty to say like, well, I want to try to get either try as many as I possibly can or to own the collection. Like, I don't know, like what was your, your, your gearing to say like, I want to do this instead of going out and just trying to collect like every new Russell's reserve that's, that's going to be coming out of the market. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. That instinct or what made you drive, you know, other than your first taste of the Dusty to say like, well, I want to try to get either try as many as I possibly can or to own the collection. Like, I don't know, like what was your, your, your gearing to say like, I want to do this instead of going out and just trying to collect like every new Russell's reserve that's, that's going to be coming out of the market. Right. Like, it, it is just a, uh, I think that anybody that, that, that is an enthusiast in whiskey does this. Well, I, there may be a few people that are so narrow focused and someone could argue that I'm narrow focused by just being so much into wild Turkey, but I, I just, I like, I'm always on the search. I'm always trying to find, the next cool thing, you know? And so, you know, if I see a new label on the shelf, even if it's just a graphics change, I'm going to grab it and say, Hey, is there something different here? Um, I'm going to try to go out and find, um, you know, every year I can find of of every expression. Uh, A lot of times just to have material for my blog as well, because I feel like people want to know. I've had people send me emails say, Hey, have you had, you know, a 1990, whatever, and I'll say, well, you know, I, I haven't yet, you know. And so I, there's holes there to fill. Um, well, I get all the way back to like 1942, you know, 101A year, probably not, you know. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe some uh, benefactor will come away and say, hey, I'm going to get all the wild turkeys for you. And I'm yes, you know. <laughs> and I would love to have the old rye. My God, you know, the, the, the Maryland rye and the, and the uh, Pennsylvania rye. 
But uh, it just it's so hard to find those things. But it, I'm just on the search. It's, it, I think everyone's on a journey and they're, they're trying to find uh, something that clicks and, and makes them happy, you know. And uh, I, I just really have a lot of sympathy for these folks that they go out and buy a lot of bottles, high-ended bottles, the trade for bottles, and they don't open them. Um, we're the ones having fun. The ones that are opening them and, and sipping them, we're the ones having a great time. The ones just throwing them up on a shelf, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, 10, 20 years from now, maybe we're in another glut era. Those things might not be worth a penny. Who knows, you know? But, uh, you know, I, I feel sorry for folks that don't uh, open up their bottles and enjoy them. I mean, I have some a bunker with some, you know, like I said, I probably got half of my bottles are still open, I mean, uh, unopened. But uh, they will be soon. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, I can't have, you know, you have to worry about the you know, oxidation and that type of thing. So you can't just open them all, you know. Absolutely. There was one thing that you had mentioned in there that, you know, we had talked to Jimmy about before when you had talked about the, the Pennsylvania and the Maryland rye. Mm-hmm. And, and that really is kind of like a, a huge unicorn because I remember when we talked to him, we interviewed him. He said, he said, you know, back when, you know, rye was king, he said, like, you couldn't make a Kentucky rye. Like nobody right. wanted nobody wanted a Kentucky rye. Like right. you were only a rye if you came from Pennsylvania or Maryland. That's right. I remember, yeah, I remember seeing a bottle, but never actually, you know, it was sealed. Yes. Like there's no way to be right. able to taste it. Right. But yeah, yeah I think that's that's something that you got to put on your your uh Oh, ultimate, ultimate I would love to, yeah. you know, uh, I think it's neat, too, because there's different recipes. I mean, you know, the the Baltimore rye is I don't even know what that recipe is. Uh, you know what what Baltimore Pure Rye's recipe was. I'm sure maybe someone out there does. Uh, the Pennsylvania rye was able that recipe I was able to track down through uh, Dick Stol- uh, the uh, Stoltz. Uh, uh, that was uh, the master distiller uh, for uh, the old Michters. And um Anyway, uh, it's different than what Jimmy's using now. You know, uh, Jimmy's doing the, the typical, you know, uh, Kentucky rye. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it would be nice to have them. They're unicorns. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to take a benefactor or someone coming in because I, I can't do a second mortgage just to, you know, get a bottle, you know. So uh, maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> hit that. Somebody's got to hit the mega millions, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh. And so when you mentioned, you know, the rye again as well, I love always going back to this because I think what wild turkey does is unique in the fact that they are one of the few rye producers that are continually and they've they've been trying to keep continually do it and not just source it from MGP. Right, right. right. Um, is that one of the, the big reasons why why you like to go? Because it is that sense of pride, you know, go with the, the wild turkey rye, it's a sense of pride to do it, or is it just because it's just damn good rye? Yeah, it's damn good rye. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't have a, I'm not opposed to folks getting uh, whiskey from MGP. I think that MGP makes nice bourbon and nice rye. I mean, I, I, I've got several bottles of Smooth Ambler, you know, Old Scout in my cabinet, um, and I can enjoy that. It's a different profile. Their rye, you know, is a lot higher in rye content. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, when I'm looking for uh, a Kentucky rye, um, you know, I, I, I started off, uh, appreciating Rittenhouse was a nice uh, budget uh, rye. And I got that through Sour Mash Manifesto. I think uh, Jason Powell had written one time about, you know, it was like uh, one of his favorite, you know, budget ryes. And I was, uh, you know, a big fan of that for a while. Um, I tried Baby Saz. I never really got why anyone was into Sazerac or pays premium for it. I, I don't know, I guess because of the, the uh, connection to the antique collection. Um, it did not click with me. Um, not that it was bad. It just wasn't my thing. Um, 
when I tried a one-on-one ride, it clicked. I mean, it was just, I, I, I appreciated it. Um, and I've been able to, to have a, the, the oldest uh, ride I've had is a, a 90. I had a, a 90 Christmas ride that someone gave me a nice sample of. Um, and it tasted more bourbon-y than, than rye-like. It did not taste like what one-on-one rye tastes like now. So I can see the, the pull there why people want to chase the old uh, Christmas rye because it has such a nice bourbon flavor to it. But when I want to rye, I want to rye. So, um, you know, uh, one-on-one rye appeals to me. Uh, and uh, I love the single barrel rye as well, Russell's Reserve. Mm-hmm. I remember when we interviewed Jimmy a long time ago, and we were sitting there in the old visitor center where they have a, a cabinet full of stuff. And I said, oh, look, you got the Christmas rye in here. He goes, what? This is a Christmas <laughs> rye. It's like this green and red label. And he was like... He goes, that's what people call it. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I, I, when I first heard about it, I'm like, why? I, at first, I thought it was a Christmas release when I first uh, you know, heard of the Christmas rye. And I'd always kind of thought maybe that is something to do with Because, you know, a lot of people enjoy a rye for holidays, you know, Christmas time, even myself. Um but, uh, you know, then I was like, okay, it's the green and the red. I got you. Okay. Um, but uh, so he, he wasn't even aware of that, huh? Uh, it, was, it was funny, though. I remember having that conversation and, you know, just looking in the cabinet and it, he was just like, I had no idea that's what people were calling it. So yeah, You didn't get to try that uh, pre-pro uh, bourbon he has on the shelf, did you? No, no. <laughs> just McConaughey, right? I guess. Yeah. Somebody's. Yeah. I'm not I'm not uh, given as much. um publicity form as, as Matthew is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta, gotta give it to him. That's right. So I kind of want to sw- switch gears a little bit and kind of talk about something that is, you know, more readily available on the shelves. And we've talked about it plenty of times already. And that's kind of looking at, you know, sort of what the, the Russell reserves picks have, have done. Mm-hmm. And we had actually posted on Instagram a while back about, you know, waiting in line for like a Weller 107 store pick because mm-hmm. people like me were just were just dumb. Uh, yeah, right? I picked on you. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you were playing the angle that if everyone focused their attention on Russell Reserves picks, you wouldn't have to stand in line. And and so I know you have an article of of ten reasons why you should be buying Russell Reserve picks. Yeah. So what are what are some of those favorite reasons? Um, well, the profile number one. Um, you know, if it if it didn't have a good profile, you know, I wouldn't be going for it or, or promoting it like I do. Um, I love that there's private selections, you know, uh, and and uh, they're so unique. One recipe and you end up with sometimes two totally different taste in bourbons, um, you know, some more spicy, some sweeter, you know, uh, some, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, are a little bit lighter than others, this type of thing. Um, it's available. You know, you can go pretty much to any quality store. And it's sitting there on the shelf at any time. It may not be a private selection, but I found that uh, it's very the the non-private selection uh, Russell's Reserve uh, single barrels are consistent in quality. Uh, they may taste a little bit different, but uh, but Eddie is very good at uh, picking consistent uh, single barrels on, on that line. Uh, Kentucky Spirit is a little bit. Uh, I think it waxes and wanes, and there's a lot more. There's kind of a lower floor, you know, uh, there. Um, but, uh, with Russell's reserve, it's, it's the, the floor and the ceiling are a lot closer and it just stays in a nice, consistent quality. Um, and the price is, is nice. Um, I think that it, I've seen it as low as 35 locally. Um, and I've seen it as high as like 55 for a standard bottle. Um, 
which it, today's, you know, that's not that's not that bad. Um, and uh, I, I, especially if you can find them 35, I mean, shoot, bunker up some, you know, uh, <laughs> drinking. if you can find them for 35, that's great. You know, um, use your but, uh, discount card there. If you can yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think that those are some of the most uh, those are the most dominant reasons I, reasons I can think of is the consistency, the quality, the profile. Uh, it's available. It's not it's not uh, priced too too high. So um, that's that's what I'd say are my some of my, my top reasons. Yeah, I think there's there's two more that that kind of flow in for me. You know, when you talk about consistency, and I think it also goes back into one of those things where they had changed the barrel entry proof, right? When, right. when you go in at, at, at a lower proof and by the time you're sitting there actually trying it in the Rick house, it might be like 115, 118, something like mm-hmm. that. And then correct me if I'm wrong. I think Russell's is bottled at what? 110. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? That's right. Yeah. So you have only a, a few points of proof difference That's right. that are going into the, the actual end product where you're not mm-hmm. having to completely water it down. That's right. Um, and so I think that's a that's one of the a, a big factor uh, that plays into it from a I guess you can say an enthusiastic standpoint where everybody else in the market I mean if you look at somebody like Barton like they're going at the highest proof their barrels are like 140 130 mm-hmm. crazy amount right. and then you got to sit there and proof it down to at least 125 for mm-hmm. their like full proof bottling and sometimes that honestly it kills the flavor of the bourbon um, now. Do you think that they had this in mind a long time ago to kind of proof it down for this particular reason so they wouldn't have to worry about um, necessarily, I guess you could say, trying to lose the quality but get more of that just flavor that's usually coming from the bourbon in itself? I think that um, from what I understand, the Russell's Reserve single barrel was kind of Eddie's thing. Um, And uh, he was looking for a very creamy profile, a very consistent the uh, creamy profile with a lot of caramel and this type of thing, and uh, it was kind of his 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 uh, his project. And uh, I talked to him a little bit about this when I I was able to meet him and Jimmy uh, back after Thanksgiving last year, and uh, I talked to him a little bit about how, and I'm not trying to get off the subject. This 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 is uh, related, but uh, a lot of people want the 101 eight year back. They want an eight year age statement on their 101. Um, and the irony is, is that if they would just get Russell's Reserve single barrel, they're getting better than 1018. They're getting something that's that, you know, the, the age range is eight to 10 years. Usually on the private selects, they can get, you know, up about 10 years. And some of the early private selects were in the 11 year mark. Um, but they're getting 110 proof, which is just five proof points away from the entry proof. Um, when you had the old 101, the dusty 101, you had a 107 entry proof. So you had six proof, proof points of difference between entry proof and bottle proof um, and, and only an eight-year age statement. Um, so really, Russell's Reserve single barrel is kind of like the modern 101 eight-year in a way. Um, I think the profile, that's why I like the profile so much because it doesn't taste diluted, um, even though there is some dilution there. Um Although there are some private selections, uh, Jamie Ferris, Lincoln Road had a couple uh, barrels that he picked that were the barrel proof was 111. So, I mean, it's pretty much bottled at barrel proof. It's very close to a barrel proof uh, single barrel. Um, but uh, I think the Russell's Reserve single barrel 
uh, is uh, it's just about as close as you're going to get to one one eight year nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's it is good in the fact that you you do get that sort of something that's pretty close. You're not mm-hmm. over diluting it, uh, which is great, and I think that's what uh, a lot of people that are in this quote unquote hobby can really appreciate as well. Right, right. Uh, the other thing is that you know when you when you look at other people on the market. Uh, when you're looking at different single barrels, that could be from it could be from Buffalo Trace, it could be from Jim Beam or whoever, and and the whole idea of it's non-chill filter and everybody loses their shit, right? Right. And the thing is, is that like the Russell Reserve, it's it's always been non-chill. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, people like I said, they lose their shit because it's NCF, and then That's it's right. like, well, this has always been NCF, like. You guys need to just start looking over here, right? Yeah, I noticed that on that last uh, Instagram post you had with the line, you know, to the, the old Weller Antique. And uh, there were a couple of people like, is it NCF? Is it NCF? You know, and I kind of thought about that that same thing. You said, I'm like, oh, you know, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel is always non-chill filtered, um, as is the rye, the, the single barrel rye. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it does make a difference. I think it does make a difference. Um, it, there's more than a cosmetic thing there for sure. Um, and uh, I think you're seeing it more in, in scotch as well. I, I've noticed uh, that there's uh, there seem to be, at least, in, you know, I'm not a big scotch guy, but I've, I've noticed a lot more of the scotch, the labels and tubes, you know, say you know, non-chill filtered on it. So I think that's becoming kind of a, a, a new hype word maybe. Um, but, uh, but there's a difference. There's a difference there. Yeah, they were, they were cool doing NCF before NCF was a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I guess how many different kind of, uh, Russell reserve picks do you have in your, in your stash right now? Is it, is it getting to the point where you're losing count? Yeah. I mean, I might, I, there's probably at least 25 different, uh, ones in there. Uh, there's gotta be at least 10 plus open. Um, I do go through them. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't hold any for ransom. Once I open it, I do try to finish it in a reasonable amount of time because I, I don't want oxidation or things like this. Um, I also sample out the folks uh, that I trade with and, and try to make sure that we all have a, you know, an appreciation. If I find something really good, I want to share it. Um, but I'd say, you know, at, at any given point in time, if you were to look at my cabinet, there's going to be over 20 Russell's reserve single barrels easily in there. Um, and, uh, there, that's probably what I enjoy the most is Russell's reserve single barrel. That's what I, I tend to want more often than not. Um, if I'm like outdoor, uh, grilling or something, I'll just get, I'll just pour 101 because if I'm going to be out in the smoke and all that, you know, I'm not going to take a real nice private selection and, and, and put it out in the environment and have like a fly run you know, land in my cup or something like that. He'd probably have a good time, but I wouldn't. And, uh, so I'm just going to have like 101 or something, you know, out there. I don't know. Maybe that fly is the key to recreating that dusty funk. You have no idea. <laughs> That's right. I actually did watch a fly go into my glass one time, and he didn't make it. Uh, but I'm sure he had a good little, good little few seconds there uh, of pleasure. But uh, <laughs> golly, uh, it, it happens, you know. It happens. And we've always talked about on the show before about you know, like we we always say to ourselves, like, is there a, a single barrel or a store pick that we've ever like? like lost our mind over that we're like, this is, this is too good. Like, have you ever had one of those that you, you've go ahead? I mean, which, which one is it you said that you've had and you're like, I wish I could find as many bottles. Uh, if I could get a million of the, uh, the Woodland wine, uh, short barrel pick, uh, I think it was 16, 490. I think I'm going off the top of my head here. Um, it was like a 42 bottle, you know, barrel. 
And uh, but man, was it good. I mean, and I've got one. I, I, I was able to get one. It's I haven't opened that yet. I, I, I had a nice sample, you know, prior to it. And then, uh, you know, some weeks later after posting my review, um, I had someone that was very nice to uh, you know offer me one. And so I'm kind of saving it for a little special occasion. But uh, I mean, it it's killer. I mean, it really is. I mean, they, they picked a, a damn. I even said uh, sent a. Uh, Eddie a message and said, Hey man, I think you messed up. You should have just kept this one and, and put it somewhere. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he got a chuckle out of it, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good one. That's a good one. That Woodland wine, both of the Woodland wine picks were excellent. They really were, um, you know, one, but that one was just, it was, it was very unique. It had a very nice earthy, you know, I'd argue there's some little bit of some dusty notes in there. Um, especially on the earthy side. Um, uh, Jamie Ferris picks great. Russell's Reserve single barrels. He's very consistent. His 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 picks are are very uh, consistent and uh, in quality and, and profile. And I have a, a few from him uh, that are real real nice. There's one with that he picked with uh, uh, Dixon Deadman. That's uh, excellent. Uh, and then uh, Dixon sent me a pick of his, which I'm very uh, grateful for. Uh, that uh, is excellent. There, there's a lot of them out there, but that wasn't a wine pick. It just sticks with me. I mean, I just. I'm so glad I have me one that, that I can open. I mean, I'll probably do that Christmas time or something. That kind of just goes back to one of the theory that Ryan, the other co-host that isn't on the show today, he always has that short barrels. There's something to them. Or yeah, like, there is something to them. I don't know what it is. I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. Just <laughs> uh, killer. So, well, with that one or any other ones, you know, is there a favorite? Uh, a few people in the chat, uh, Brandon Griffiths and, and Ryan Alves, they're they're asking like, is there a a favorite spot in the Rick house or a floor for Russell's reserve picks that, that you've seen that stood out above things because some people, you know, he's heard that warehouse K floor five, like, is that like mm -hmm. a thing at all? Um, I, 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 I really like G and I really like B. Those are two of my favorites. The, a lot of the picks I've had and, and same thing with the Kentucky spirit. I, there's a lot of nice B's. Um, B and G just are my favorites. Um, uh, K is nice. It, I've had uh, several K's that are really spicy, um, like almost uh, like a four roses in nature, uh, you know, uh, like maybe like a like a K yeast or F yeast or something like that from four roses. I get a lot of that out of Warehouse K. Um, there was a pick that the Annapolis uh, Whiskey Society did uh, last year that was a, a K pick. And it was like it was almost like Russell's Reserve single barrel rye. Like it, it just, it had such a, a spice presence. It, it, I swear you could, you could give it to someone and they were like, wow, is this a rye? You know? Um, so K is very unique. Um, the, that short barrel from uh, Woodland Wine, I believe was from M. Um, Shawan's had a nice pick from O, I think. Uh, so it, it, it really, like I said, my favorites are B and G. Um, I don't really have a favorite floor, um, you know, Four, five, and six tend to be where I find the best ones. You don't even really see low floor picks anymore. Um, at least I don't. Um, you see them early. If you look at the early Russell's Reserve single barrels in 2013, 2014, those private selections, you'll see a lot of second floor and third floor. Um, but most of what you see now is fourth, fifth, maybe six. Um, but definitely, I think if you go G, you're going to have a winner uh, more often than not. Matter of fact, I think that's going to be a post I do pretty soon is I'm thinking about doing a post where it's like uh, where I just take all like uh, maybe three to five different single barrels from the same Rick house 
Um, kind of like I had a post with Kentucky Spirit when I did that with B. I think I'm going to do a G with Russell's, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, you could, comparison. You, you could go beyond that. You could you could get like 20 or 30 of them. And you could do like a, you could do like a magic quadrant, right? You could like try to push them like, you know, where they are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I'd even be able to like type after that. <laughs> it's hard enough doing three. I mean, comparisons are a lot of work. They really are. Uh, the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel comparisons are fun. Um, because I like to do my comparisons all, you know, one time. And, uh, you know, you know, at 110 proof, comparing three whiskeys, that's tough. You know, comparing five, that would that would be pretty, you know, that'd be that'd be pretty difficult. And to still, I mean, the nose might be work, you know, might work out. But then by the time you get to the finish, it's going to be kind of, I'm going to be second guessing myself. Am I doing this right? You know, so three, I think, is my limit on that. But I might I might stretch to five. We'll see. You just gotta take the scientific method and test it at least three times. Yeah. If if it, if your tests are confirmed, then you know you're you're doing it right. So you yeah, yeah. do it so, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. You hit the floor a couple times. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I want to switch gears again a little bit. Um, you know, as we start wrapping this up and kind of look at you know the wild turkey like limited releases, right? Because um, when you look at it from a market perspective, it gets a little bit of tension at first and then it dies. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't get many accolades when you look at things like diamond and master's keep, you know, what's your, what's your honest opinion when it, when it comes to these, do you, do you think that it, are, are they deserving of the price tag? Is it just kind of like, you know, they're, they're just trying to satisfy a segment of the market when people see a hundred dollar price point and they're like, okay, this looks like a good Christmas gift. Like what's no. your, what's your thought and ideas on some of these limited releases that are coming from them? Okay, before we get to the profiles, uh, if we want to talk about price, I don't think that uh, they're priced unfairly, um, especially if you look at something um, like uh, Pappy Van Winkle, for example. Look at, at the price you know, of a 15-year Pappy, and then look at the price of Diamond. Are they that far apart? Because Diamond was, what, 13 to 16 years uh, or so? Um, you know, now if the Pappy 15 is what 107 or something, so there's a higher higher proof there. But uh, I don't think that they're asking anything crazy, especially like with the 17 year Masters Key, a 17 year bourbon. You know, uh, to to ask for, I think the retail price was like 150. I think for Masters Keep 17, but you could find it. I mean, you could find it at Costco for 90 bucks at some places. Um, but I think I picked mine up in like the one. 10, 120 range, something like that. Um, I've even seen this, people that have posted and they're like, there's like 30%, like some people show like there's like 20 to 30% off like yeah. key products. And they're like, yeah, I'll just buy like three of them. Right. So, I mean, but, but a 17 year straight bourbon whiskey from the distillery, not some mysterious orphan found this somewhere, you know, well, who knows where it's from, whatever. I mean, barter house, you know, 20, 20 year, uh, bourbon whiskey that uh, you know was like eighty bucks or something. That I mean, that's a deal. That's but but that had this hokey story with it, and you know where did it come from? You know, um, with with the wild turkey seventeen year, it was seventeen years from wild turkey. You know, um, and I think what they were asking was fair. Um, the same thing with decades. Uh, yeah, it was it was what a ten to twenty year uh, batch, um, and uh, I think they were asking the same price as the seventeen year. Uh, profile wise, uh, I think that uh, most people are going to appreciate decades over the 17 year Masters Keep. To me, I enjoy them about the same. 
Um, I think I tend to be more of a, a decades fan more often than not. But if I'm wanting that really uh, oak uh, spice uh, profile, I'm going to uh, go to the 17 year. Um, the nose on the 17 is just is just really, really, really amazing, in my opinion. It, the finish is a little bit uh, lacking on the 17 year, but it's not. It's I mean, I rated it very well and it deserved it. Um, but I think that uh, why they sit on the shelves, you know, it's the big joke. You know, I don't know. Why, I don't know why that is. Um, they're not weeded bourbons. They're not, you know, the, uh, the they don't have that halo around it. Like, you know, it, it, it goes from Pappy, you know, to Weller and, and, you know, that whole Buffalo Trace halo there. They're, they're completely outside of that. So there's not any hype there. And I'm not comparing, you know, saying that those – Happy doesn't compare or something like that. I'm not trying to get into that that debate. Um, I'm just trying to say that there is no halo hype around the Wild Turkey releases. And I think that's why people missed out on 98, because it did not have that halo of hype. And people walked past it. They were like, oh, you know, ah, it's $250 or whatever for them. But, you know, And then it was gone because it was only like, what, 3,000, 4,000 bottles? I mean, there wasn't a lot. Um and uh, now look at the price of 98 on the secondary. It's just crazy. I mean, I'd never pay it. I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great bourbon whiskey, but the secondary prices are ridiculous. But uh, I think people were like, ah, oh, you know, I passed right by that, you know. And um, I, mean, I think that's, that may be the case with some of these, like decades of stuff. You know, five years from now, there may be, you know, somebody going, God, you know, I walked right past 17 or I right, walked right past decades and I should have grabbed it, you know. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I slept on 98. I, I saw the the two and three dollar price tag. And, you know, I, I guess it's it, it is a hype factor. It is something yeah. that, you know, it, it doesn't seem that Wild Turkey gets a lot of the credit that it deserves. You know, they do a great job when it comes to the tier mm-hmm. right. reserves. But when it comes to this pre- super premium uh, limited release, uh, it, it is something that doesn't necessarily get the hype train rolling. I don't know why. Um, I don't either. Is this was back, you know, I think what Russell's Reserve 98 came out in what 2014, 15, something like that. 15 was 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was kind of when, when you know, podcast was just starting to get up and, you know, you, you start getting into a lot of groups and you start learning about a different things. And you're kind of like, mm, I think I'm going to go ahead and pass on that because, I mean, this was, I think, during the same, like the one like after Diamond or something. And mm-hmm. I don't think Diamond really, um, made the waves that it was really hoping to. And so everybody kind of, they just literally just skipped on it. Like yeah, I, I, I enjoyed diamond. Um, you know, uh, I think it not being 101 proof, you know, heard it right off the bat, just on paper. Uh, the irony is, I mean, it's close to barrel proof or batch proof or whatever you want to say. Um, you know, at, at the 91 that it's at, it, it's pretty elite. I think Eddie even mentioned that on your, on your podcast, that diamond is, is, is fairly close to batch proof. Um, and I've sent diamond to people as a blind sample and they've come back like, wow, this is great. I love this. And I'm like, well, you know, it's wild turkey diamond. They're like, oh, really? And um, it, it has a, a, a more of a, a, a classic wild turkey vibe that you find in some of the 2000s, 101. Um, so if you're looking to find uh, that classic profile uh, from some of the uh, 101s from 2000 and you can't, you know, find it without going to secondary or you don't want to go dusty hunting or whatever, then, you know, uh, come off the money and just and, and buy diamond. And I think you'll be very happy. Um, the packaging was also a step down from tradition. 
Um, and I think that hurt Diamond because tradition, you know, had that metal base and the solid wood box and you had to like press these buttons and it's like, you know, and then, you know, <laughs> this uh, bottle with like this massive, you know, copper base. And it was amazing, you know, uh, that it's unbelievable. I think uh, even uh, was it Lloyd Christmas that, that mentioned that the tradition was kind of one of these releases where it was like, was this thing even meant to be like, you know, open because it's like, so, you know, the, the, the work done to it to make it, uh, the presentation look so nice was just so immense. But, you know, so you go from that and then you go to this, you know, plastic, thin, you know, clear sliding thing with the bottle. It was a similar bottle to tradition in the shape, but it didn't have the base. It's like a bottle of Booker's is what it kind of reminded me of. Exactly. It's like a Booker's box. And uh, and then it's 91 proof. And so it just it just kind of sat there because like, oh, it's only 91 proof. And it just looks like a bottle of Booker's. I can get Booker back then. You get Booker's for what, 50 bucks, you know, in, in 2014. So I think that it had a lot of little things like that that hurt it. Um, uh, but the profile itself, it, it tastes fine. I, I don't know. You know, uh, it's no uh, tradition. Um, it was a step down from tradition and, and profile. But it's still a good pour. I mean, I enjoy Diamond. And so did you sleep on Russell's Reserve 98 as well? Or did you uh, did you have the hindsight to say, I'm going to at least get one of these? My area did not even have get any. Uh, I think that South Carolina got like one case or something. It was like, you know, one of these things where it, I don't even think it even hit my general area. And by then I was really just more into the standard offerings of wild turkey. And I uh, had just kind of started uh, venturing into the dusty stuff and all that. It was a little bit too late, I think, by the time that it came out. Um, I never saw it. I, um, I remember passing on uh, Booker's Rye at retail, and I kind of kicked myself for that, you know, but uh, only because I traded it for uh, Dusty Turkey. <laughs> but uh, now, now, but uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it, yeah, I miss '98. I hope, hopefully, I won't miss on on 2002. Hopefully, I won't miss on 2002. Don't tell anybody about that yet, man. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I got think, everybody yeah. mad at me for talking about the Jewish whiskey company, the single cast nation releases. I, I posted that, you know, and I got messages. Oh, man, I was hoping to keep that a secret, you know. So uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, they don't want the word getting out on some of these newer things yet. Cats out of the bag on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, it also kind of goes back, you know, when you're getting into this hobby, you know, 2014 timeframe, 2015 as well. Uh, when you see a $250 price tag, you're like, well, I don't know if I could ever do right. that. And then today you're like, I'll drop that in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, and uh, it's funny how the, how it's changed. Um, there was a point in time where I, I mean, you know, because I don't I don't have a lot of money I can just throw out and just buy. You know, I've I've got kids, I've, I've got responsibilities, uh, but what I can do sometimes is I can I can arrange some really nice trades, um, and I've gone out and found like uh, for people that are Scotch fans, they'll be. Uh, familiar with the uh, Glendronic uh, 15 year, the revival. And my area had like 15s everywhere, you know? So I was just going and like, you know, getting 15s and then trading them, you know, uh, for other uh, bourbons that I'd want because uh, it had this, uh, you know, a hype around it. Um, and so uh, you kind of have to be smart with what you buy. Um, either you're buying it to, to open it and enjoy it. And if that's the case, you know, don't drop a, a, a high dollar on something, you know, unless it's special. But if you're if you're buying something high dollar to trade uh, for something that you are going to enjoy, um, I think that you know that that's smart. That's that's a smart that's a smart shopper um, and a smart enthusiast. And I think and that's fine. It's because it's going to end up with somebody that does want it. Um, and so I see no problem with that. You know, and that's that's kind of the angle I go 
That's good. So we're going to wrap it up. I got one last question. Okay. Uh, so I know you said that you, you kind of talk to Eddie on email every once in a while. Uh, at some point, are the, is Eddie or maybe some of the PR people at Wild Turkey ever going to hook you up with a, a face-to-face with Matthew McConaughey so you can uh, kind of really go, go back and forth on who's the real fan here? Yeah, I, I'll message him every once in a while on Instagram. Uh, you know, to me, the rock stars are Jimmy and, and Eddie. Um, you know, McConaughey's cool. I mean, I, I enjoy True Detective. Uh, you know, I enjoy a lot of his work in, in his movies. And uh, I think that the video he made for Wild Turkey initially was was amazing. I mean, I, it's it's hard to watch that and not want to go poor 101, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think my wife would like a signed bottle of, of Long <laughs> Branch if anybody uh, is out there listening. Everybody's um, wife does. Yeah. yeah uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it, I mean, I just – when I got to meet uh, Jimmy and Eddie last year, yeah, I don't know what I said to Jimmy. I was like, I was, it was like meeting Santa Claus when you're a kid. I was just like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what I said. You know, it was just so cool. And Eddie and I had some nice, cool talks, you know, um, his very laid back fella. And I, and I enjoyed talking to him. I was a little bit nervous because it wasn't too far after uh, I had written that 1894 review, which was kind of a little tough one. But, um, but uh, he was a real cool guy to, to chat with. But yeah, McConaughey, He's doing a great job. I think he was hired on to bring in some of the uh, female consumers and uh, maybe like a, some of the younger, like 20s, uh, you know, uh, kind of folks looking for, you know, just a, an everyday drink. And I think he's doing a good job at that. And, and that's uh, and that's a great, a great thing for the brand. Um, but I'm excited for the future. You know, you, uh, real quick dimension before we get off. I, I think that uh, it's really neat that you have Jimmy, Eddie and Bruce all at one time. And from what I understand, Bruce has, has moved back to Kentucky and he's going to start taking, you know, uh, steps to becoming a distiller himself. I don't, has it ever, has that ever happened? Have you ever had three generations of father to son actively producing Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey at the same time? I don't know. It, you know, maybe going back to pre-pro stuff, maybe, but uh, I don't even know if this, if it's existed in Scotch. But it's, it's a very cool thing. I think that uh, they've got something very genuine and very unique that other brands would, would probably love to have. And and that's the thing, too. A lot of the other uh, brands, master distillers from these other brands, they respect Wild Turkey. They respect the Russells. And they know that, that they make a quality product. And I think that the rest of the world is, is starting to figure that out now, too. That's a that's a great way to sign off. You know, the only thing I could think of is beam in the nose, but I don't think right. Freddie was around at the same time Booker was. But you know, we, we can we can let somebody else try to comment and you know get mad at us on Twitter. Absolutely, making the wrong statement. But yeah, you know, David, I did want to say, or Dave, I did want to say thanks again for for coming on. Um, I want to let you give one more plug and let people know how they can find out more about you, how they can get on your website and Instagram and all that other good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, uh, rarebird101.com is my blog. And uh, check it out if you're interested in more information about different wild turkey expressions. Uh, There's tons of reviews on there. I just posted my 101st review this morning. So uh, that's kind of a cool little milestone. Um, And I'm on Instagram, at rarebird101. Follow me. uh, Send me a message. I'll be happy to talk with you. And, uh, you know, who knows what's coming down the road? I've, I've talked about maybe working on a book. Uh, looking at doing something like that. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but uh, if, if someone wants to send me an email uh, or a message uh, via Instagram or my blog, I, I, I'll, I'll answer it. And it sounds like he also happily accepts dusty wild turkey samples too. Yes. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. Uh, 
So make sure you're following Dave on all those social media channels. Make sure you're following us as well. Burn Pursuit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you like what you hear, make sure you support the podcast on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Burn Pursuit. If you have any show suggestions, people you want to see, and this was actually a show suggestion from a, a Patreon listener. So thank you to everybody that also helps give us ideas of who we should have on the show. Who do you want to hear from? And what are the topics that you're interested in? It, it actually makes my job a whole heck of a lot easier. So please keep those coming in. Send us an email, the duo, T-H-E-D-U-O at bourbonpursuit.com. With that, Dave, thanks again for joining us and we'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you.